0: Today on Cross Defense, we're talking about the lying liars who lie about women pastors. 1 Corinthians 14, to 35 and 1 Timothy 2, to 15 clearly state that women are not permitted to preach or hold authority over men in the church. So why do so many churches have female pastors these days? Well, because the devil is the father of lies. Let's get into it. Welcome to Cross the Fence. This is the show that aims to equip the mind, excite the imagination and comfort the soul and aims to do all of it with God's word. I'm your host, Reverend Tyrell Bramwell. I'm the pastor of St. Mark Lutheran Church out here in Ferndale, California, where, get this, God's people don't ignore the words of God that are unpopular in our feminist saturated girl boss day and age. No, sir. If during the show you want to send us your questions, your comments, your bits of biblical brilliance, you can do that by going to stmarksferndale.com slash contact. That's S-T-M-A-R-K-S, ferndale.com slash contact. You can also leave us a review and a five-star rating, of course, on the podcast platform of your choice where you listen to this show. Thanks, guys, for all your help. We truly appreciate it. Do you know what bothers me? You want to know what really gets under my skin, and not just as a pastor, but as a person, but especially as a Christian person who happens to be a pastor? Lying. And it should bug you too. As a Christian, you should loathe lies. If for no other reason than that lying is the native language of the devil. John 8, 31 to 47, right? So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, The Son remains forever. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I've seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. They answered him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children... You would be doing the works Abraham did, but now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You're doing the works your father did. And they said to him, We weren't born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God, and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It's because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. Are not of God. As the people of truth, dear saints, we're opposed to lying and liars. In this day and age, lying seems to get a free pass. It happens so often. But that didn't used to be the case. Lying used to be highly frowned upon, not expected. Now, I'm specifically talking about intentional liars as we get into today's episode. The Pharisees who call themselves Christians and use God's word as a cover to do the work of their father, their true father, the devil. We ought to be stirred up inside to a decided rejection of these lies, of their lies, which are spoken in the name of Jesus, who is, by the way, truth incarnate. When pastors and churches speak lies, pastors and churches who by the virtue of their office come in the name of Jesus, who is truth, and then lie to people, that should stir us up to denounce and reprove such action. So what am I talking about? As I've told you before, as I told you in the beginning, specifically talking about churches that claim, and I quote, that the Bible is God-breathed and is fully trustworthy, has the final authority for faith and conduct, citing 1 Corinthians 2, 10 to 13 correctly, which says, these things God has revealed for us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God, That's all good and right so far. And also, these churches that cite Galatians 1, 11 to 12. For I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me, this is Paul speaking, is not man's gospel. For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. Oh, and... These churches that also, these pastors that also cite 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. I'm talking about churches that say they believe the Bible is the final authority and then intentionally ignore, reject, and deny the unpopular parts of scripture. Specifically, I'm talking about Christian churches that make such a claim and yet have the audacity to have women pastors. That's what we're talking about today, isn't it? The above quote that I cited when I said, and I quote, is from the What We Believe section of Ferndale's Community Church, pastored by Daniel Porter, who on September 10th invited Pastor Jen Campbell of Journey Church, Rio Dell, to preach to his congregation, my neighbors, in our small town of about 1,300 people. People that I know who I interact with, and who say, Pastor, when I'm not coming to your church, I'm gonna go to that church, is that okay? No, no it's not okay. But it might as well be any number of churches throughout the world, who've caved to the spirit of the world and ordained women because they neither know the scriptures nor the power of God, as we read in Matthew twenty-two twenty-nine, 29. It might as well be the church down the street from your church in anywhere USA, in anywhere across the world, and not just on the, the lie of the women's ordination, but any lie, but to, today, particularly, we're dealing with women's ordination. Liars, the lot of them. Christian Pharisees enslaved to sin and telling people that they teach the truth and nothing but the truth when they subjugate truth to the lies of the devil that they, they find palatable, these lies that are popular in our politically correct culture, our feminized culture, placing their reason, their human reason, a gospel of man, so to speak, over God's word rather than submitting their human reason to Scripture. See, all the verses cited by Ferndale's Community Church that they used to back up their belief that the Bible is God's trustworthy word, the final authority for faith and conduct, as they put it, were were Holy Spirit-inspired words, right? Given to St. Paul. And I would say, yes, those are good uses of those words. That is proper, absolutely. We would cite the same thing. But they cite 1 Corinthians, and they cite Galatians, and they cite 2 Timothy. Well, in 1 Corinthians and 2 Timothy, we also find Paul telling us that women can't be pastors in those very same books written by the very same author to the very same audience. So what about those other verses from 1 Corinthians and 1 Timothy? Are they not trustworthy words from Scripture? Do they not have the same final authoritative power that, that these other verses that they, they pulled from these same books have? 1 Corinthians 14, 33 to 35 says, For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. As in all the churches of the saints, the women should keep silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak, but should be in submission as the law also says. If there's anything they desire to learn, let them ask their husbands at home. For it's shameful for a woman to speak in church. And 1 Timothy 2, 11-15 says, Let a woman learn quietly with all submissiveness. I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. Rather, she's to remain quiet. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Yet she will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith and love and holiness with self-control. Okay, so let's exegete these texts, eh? Let's begin this process. 1 Corinthians 14, 33 to 35. Let's take a look at it. Chapter 14 is in the middle of a lengthy section wherein Paul is giving the regulations of the worship service. He's giving instruction for how to worship properly as Christians. That's the content from chapters 11 to 16 in 1 Corinthians. It's all about the good order of the worship service. Now, what Paul doesn't say is that women have to be quiet all the time. Let's get that out of the way. Let no one hear my words as misogynistic or sexist or any of that kind of stuff. No, it's about good order. He's talking about the divine service. He's talking about worship. In Acts 16, we see that Paul preaches and Lydia listens to him and then urges Paul. Lydia urges him and Silas to stay at her house. She's able to speak, right? <laughs> Lydia wasn't muted from saying anything, nor do we see her preaching. Paul's doing the preaching. She's doing the listening. Lydia was a listener. Now, while we're in Acts, you might be thinking about Priscilla. She's often cited as a, uh, an example of, of a female uh, who, who can preach, well, look at how Priscilla and Aquila interacted with Apollos, Acts 18, 24 to 26. What do we read there? Now, a Jew named Apollos, of a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus, and he was an eloquent man, competent in the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately. The things concerning Jesus, though he knew only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue. But when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. See, when the advocates of female pastors hold up Priscilla as an example well, here we, see, we hear the, the devil's lie. Priscilla didn't speak in the divine service. She didn't speak in the worship service. She didn't counter Apollos' public teaching in that moment. She conversed with Apollos privately outside of the corporate worship service, engaging with him, teaching him about more than just John's baptism so that he could continue preaching faithfully. Now back to 1 Corinthians 14. Paul doesn't say women can't speak biblical truth outside of worship. Of course not. He's dealing with the order of the gathering of the saints as they come together corporately to be served by God. Then and there, women are not permitted to proclaim the word of God. I know, it sounds scandalous. I'm such a chauvinistic bigot. I get it, I get it. Add it to the list of things I'm called on a regular basis. We don't even need, dear Christians, we don't even need to get into the Greek to see the clear meaning of this text. Within these these four verses here, there are three prohibitions against women speaking in the public worship gathering. Three of them, right here in these, these four verses. Kind of makes you think Paul's trying to say something pretty clearly. But, though we don't need to go into the Greek, when we do, the Greek is also very helpful. The word translated as speak in the English is laleo, which is important to note. Because it's not lego, which is not to say it's not the toy you build blocks. No, never mind. It's not Lego. Lego means any kind of speaking or use of the vocal cords in some type of intelligible word. That's that's Lego. Just any kind of speaking. Aleo, on the other hand, it unless it's otherwise modified by some sort of adverb, when used in connection with the worship service, it refers to religious speaking, speaking religiously in a public way. What do we call that? Oh, yeah, preaching. (laughs) It's the proclamation of the gospel. That's laleo, proclaiming scriptural words to edify others publicly. This is important because Paul is not saying that women can't participate in the congregation's spoken and sung portions of the divine service, is he? No. He's not saying that a woman has to sit there silently for the, the whole hour of the service or however long your services go, men and women alike can speak. The the responsories, they can pray together, they can sing out loud together, all of this stuff that we, we hear women doing in our church services. What women can't do is what Pastor Porter asked Jen Campbell to do at Ferndale Community Church. What women can't do is preach in the name of Jesus with authority over men as if that's good and right. We see at the outset that Paul says, this is how it's to be in all the churches of the saints. See that? This is how it is in all the churches of the saints. This isn't a particular thing here in Corinth. No, it's a universal instruction for all churches. Let's take a break right here, and then we'll come back and we'll take a look some more of what we're learning from 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and then we'll get into 1 Timothy as well. Thanks for listening to Cross Defense. Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. Put this wisdom of God into practice by listening to Sharper Iron on KFUO. I'm your host, Pastor Timothy Apple and faithful pastors from around the world help sharpen my faith in Christ every episode, I know you'll be blessed by listening and studying God's Word with us. Listen to Sharper Iron weekdays at 8 a.m. on KFUO and on demand at KFUO.org, the KFUO radio app, and anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Cross the Fence, and we're talking about Women pastors, how they're not permitted by Paul, who is an apostle of Christ. And as we looked at this 1 Corinthians 14 passage, we read 33 to 35, but let's consider what Paul says moving forward in 36 to 40. What does he say here, dear saints? Or was it from you, Corinthians, was it from you that the word of God came? Or are you the only ones that this word of God has reached? If anyone thinks that he is a prophet or spiritual, he should acknowledge that the things I am writing to you, I being Paul, writing to you as an apostle of Christ, are a command of the Lord. If anyone does not recognize this, he's not recognized. Oh, that's some strong language. So, my brothers, earnestly desire to prophesy, and do not forbid speaking in tongues, but all things should be done decently and in order. Some church tries to make a cultural claim for why they're, they're defying God's trustworthy word given to all the saints. Well, then ask them, Christian, was it from you that the word of God came? I didn't, I didn't realize you were an apostle of Christ. I thought that came from, from Paul and the boys is it from you? Well, if so, then maybe I'll change my opinion. Man, I really thought that God's word came from the prophets and the apostles. That's been preserved for us in scripture. I thought that was supposed to be the thing that that normalizes our behavior and it's for all the churches alike and not just this church or that church or the other church. No. Oh, Oh, you recognize that it didn't come from you. Okay, well, are you the only one is this the only church, Ferndale Community Church, that received the word that, that permits you to have women pastors? Did we just not get the memo? <laughs> Maybe we didn't. The rest of us know no such thing as female pastors. We, we read the scriptures and we, we take the same word that you say is trustworthy in the final authority to be trustworthy in the final authority. And in that, we read the very unpopular teaching that women are not permitted to, to preach publicly to hold authority over men and so we say well that's what god's word says and so we hold to it oh no oh okay so it's not you're not the only church that this has gotten to oh, okay i get it okay the same word that reached us reached you okay well then is it that you consider yourself spiritual like more spiritual than the rest of us are you tapped into the spirit are you feeling the spirit move within you well then why are you not acknowledging the things that Paul wrote to us as a command from the Lord? If you, if you think you're so spiritual, if you think you're so tapped in to the mind of the Spirit, apart from what Scripture has laid out, then, then why are you not listening to Paul? He says, if you think yourself, if you fancy yourself spiritual, well, then listen to him. And he says, women aren't permitted to preach. He says that if you don't recognize his word as God's authoritative word, immediately after saying it's shameful for women to preach in the public service, then, well, you won't be recognized. That's pretty strong language, guy. Friend, friend, you really need to consider what you're doing. You won't be recognized by God. That's what Paul's saying. Tell people about Jesus. And do it in various languages, he says. It's good and right. Do it in good order. As he's been outlining from chapter 11, and he'll continue through chapter 16, we have a good outline for how we're supposed to do that. And that includes not permitting women to preach in the public service. See, this is often the claim is made that Paul was addressing a first century Corinthian cultural cultural norm. Like it was it was specific for that particular congregation, but it doesn't apply to the rest of us, which is always a very convenient excuse. Convenient out when you want to go with the way of the world and not hold to the unpopular teaching that we are to hold to. In season and out of season, we're supposed to preach the word, the faithful word. When it means we're unpopular and we're not in step with the world, well, so be it. In ignorant arrogance, liberally-minded Christians who don't want to confront the hard teachings of God that they know are unpopular today assume Paul was giving instructions to an audience of people who would have heard it as, as more of the same, that it would have been more palatable in the first century Corinthian church. Yeah, of course, of course they say no no women in the first century. It was all patriarchal, misogynistic. they bunch of men rat, ran around there keeping women pregnant and barefoot in the kitchen. Everyone suppressed women back then. Anyway, of course it was the way to go. Long live the patriarchy. That's, that's how they paint the past. Nothing could be farther from the truth, dear Christian. As you equip your mind regarding the history and the context of, of our church fathers, Of Paul's instruction here against female pastors. It was just as scandalous then, if not more so, than it is to the Gnostic Christians today. There is a reason why Paul endured so much suffering and persecution for the sake of Christ's teaching. His word wasn't palatable to his audience hardly ever. He spoke the truth regardless of what was popular. Look at the laundry list of sufferings that he went through. He's recorded it for us. When Paul instructed Corinth not to per- permit women to carry out the pastoral office, the city of Corinth had cults, multiple cults, to, Ar- to Artemis, to Demeter, to Kore, Dionysus, Isis, aphrodite you name it Do you know what all these pagan religions these pagan cults had in common in keeping with the theme of today do you know what they had in common priestesses that's right female pastors priestesses if ever there was an opportunity for paul to advocate for women preachers corinth was it writing to the corinthian christians would have been the most opportune time for him to say, oh, it's okay for women preachers. Yeah, this, if this was particular to, particular to particular cultures, it's okay. But perhaps the will of God has been and always is to set his people apart from the world. Yes, yes yes that is the will of god we hear it over and over in scripture it is to set us apart we may be in this world but we are not of this world the language of being set apart is the language of sanctification to be set apart is to be made holy god makes us holy god makes it, when anything anything he makes holy he sets it apart for his use the seventh day the sabbath day made holy set apart You, dear saint, baptized into Christ, into the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, set apart. He sets us apart from others. Paul wasn't giving a cultural statement. He was giving a theological one. A universal Catholic, all saints, all churches, theological instruction. Guess who encouraged women to be pastors? back in the the early church. Guess who who made it palatable for some who, who wanted to compromise the word of God? Yes, heretics. Yeah, heretics. I know that's strong language, but that's the truth. Irenaeus, in his writing against heresies, tells us that women were attracted to Gnosticism because of its references to God as wisdom. Sophia, female. Tertullian says... It's not permitted for a woman to speak in the church, nor is it permitted for her to teach, nor to baptize, nor to offer the Eucharist, nor to claim for herself a share in any masculine function, not to mention priestly office. He's outraged, dear saints, by the heretics, and he says, these heretical women, how audacious they are. They have no modesty. They're bold enough to teach, to engage in argument, to enact exorcisms, to undertake cures, to do healings, right? And it may be even to baptize, he says. This has always been the teaching of the church. And just because in the 21st century, the late 20th century, into the 21st century, it's no longer popular, doesn't mean we have liberty to run with it. And any church that does needs to repent. Paul refers to the authority of the law as to why women should keep silent and be in submission. He's not making decisions based on cultural norms, the traditions of men. No, that's what, that's what these new age people are doing. That's what, that's what Ferndale Community Church has found itself doing, creating a tradition of man and lying about it. Intentionally, probably not. I don't want to go that far. But unintentionally, it's still a lie. It's still the language of the devil. The traditions of men lead us away from what Scripture says. Paul was giving us God's revealed will. The Torah is what he's talking about when he says the law there. The writings of Moses... This is made even clearer when he writes to Reverend Timothy, saying, I do not permit a woman to cheat or to exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. For Adam was formed first, and then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. God has an order that he's established. And Paul tells us that when it comes to who is to deliver God's word, it's in direct relation to the order of creation. Man is the pastor. Woman is the congregation. Adam was the first preacher, and Eve the first church. This ties into the headship of the husband all the way through, which is why Paul tells the church that women are to learn from their husbands. Guess what, guys? That means you have been called to pastor your family. Each husband is a pastor to his wife. Again, this is why pastors are men, because we stand in the stead and by the command of the bridegroom, Christ, Jesus, in relation to his bride, the church. Just as a husband, and a wife are a picture of the mystery of Christ and his church, so is pastor and congregation. The relationship is one of giver and receiver, speaker and hearer, lover and beloved, active and passive, male and female, husband and wife, server and served. These things go together in good order, Women preachers are a perversion, women pastors are a perversion of God's economy and a distortion of his order. As we've already brought up this other clear pericope on this topic of women pastors, let's go there now. If you haven't already gone there, 1 Timothy 2, 11 to 15 is where we're at now. Paul citing Adam and Eve shows how bad it is to accept women pastors. It's akin to the first sin. This is a big deal. It's not just some uh, nuance or or some minor little difference between church bodies. No, this is a big deal. This is a departure from the truth. It's helpful in the same way that Paul's words for, for all of the church of all the saints is helpful to see this this way. We're not dealing with a Cultural or sociological norm that can change or has changed. We're dealing with a universal truth here. This is a universal issue with a universal command, a Catholic command, a command for all the churches. How did women as pastors become a thing in so many churches in America and throughout the Western world? You know the answer to this. Feminism. Feminism. The world crept into the church. The spirit of the world, the zeitgeist, crept into the, into the church. And Christians bought into the world's argumentation that everyone's equal. And it's wrong to exclude someone based on their sex. Well, guess what? Yes, everyone's equal in the eyes of God. Galatians makes that clear whether you're male or female Jew or Greek slave or free all equal in the eyes of God but not all equal in everything you do this is the great lie that the devil's working on so hard right now with transgenderism that men can can menstruate and can chest feed and that women can just chop off their breasts and become a man that we're all just inner inter replaceable inner parts you know inter exchangeable yeah just yeah just plug and play Don't like the parts you were born with? Well, they're not actually part of who you are. Cut them off and change them. It's the same lie. It's the absolute same lie. And while it might be wrong to exclude people based on sex in some instances, and we could all argue that, yeah, of course it is. There is a such thing as sexism. It's not completely false in terms of the pastoral office. It's not false at all. For no other reason than God said so. It's okay to have that simple of an answer for your your Christian friends who are questioning this, who are saying that you're outdated and old-fashioned and too traditional. You need to get up with the times. It's 2023, by the way, not 1950. That's where they always want to go. It's not shameful to say we will not permit women to preach on the simple grounds that God says it shall not be done. And he didn't say that in 1950. He said it in the first century and it maintains even into the 21st century it's a shameful act it is a perversion and a lie it is the devil's language it's even okay to go one step further and say we hold that women are to learn quietly with all sub- submissiveness <gasps> i know i know Because that's what 1 Timothy 2.11 says. When the world shrieks in disgust and calls you sexist, take comfort in what God inspired St. Paul to write to Pastor Timothy in chapter 4 of his second letter. But before I read it to you, we're going to take our next break. Thanks for listening to Cross Defense, and we're talking about women pastors and how that goes against Scripture. We'll be right back. Hello friends, I'm Pastor Phil Boo, host of Thy Strong Word. Each weekday morning at 11 a.m., join me and a guest pastor as we explore God's Word, which strengthens our faith and guides our lives. You can listen over the air, online at kfuo.org, or through your favorite podcasting app. Just search for Thy Strong Word, only from KFUO, Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. Yes, dear saint, I want you to find comfort for your soul in this conversation with your neighbors about women pastors. You can be comforted by what God inspired St. Paul to write to Pastor Timothy in the fourth chapter of his second letter, so 2 Timothy chapter 4. Before I read that to you, if you're keeping track, Ferndale's Community Church and many of the churches you'll see online quoted 2 Timothy 3.16 as why The reason why they believe in the Bible, and they believe the Bible is the final authority over their faith and conduct. Remember what that verse says. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. All right, so continuing from there, with verse 17 we read, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And then we get into chapter 4. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom. And Now, here's what you can take comfort in when you're dealing with the feministic world of girl bosses as they're repelled by your fidelity to Scripture. Verse 2. Only three verses away from... Fr- Ferndale Community Church's cited text for why Scripture is the final authority. Only three verses away. Preach the Word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. That's complete long-suffering and teaching. Let's keep going. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth, and they will wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded. Endure suffering. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 5. The congregations and the Christians that accept and advocate for women as pastors are walking down the same path as our contemporaries who claim there are more than two genders and that people of the same sex can marry one another. This is the same lies I've already said. The same diabolical, demonic, devilish, satanic lie. The two are joined at the hip. They're the same thing. Both reject the natural and special revelation of God, which tell us, both of them tells us, that created humanity is made in the image of God, male and female, he made them. That we complement each other in our maleness and in our femaleness. These are our modes or our ways of being human, both in 1 Corinthians and in 1 Timothy, as well as in other places throughout the epi- Paul's epistles. Paul's saying that there's something in particular about being a man, and there's something in particular about being a woman. And whether in our current Ignorant arrogance, we find it offensive or not, he's writing as an apostle of the Lord and demanding an ordering of the church's corporate worship that is in keeping with these distinctive modes of being human beings, male and female, he made them, Genesis 1, 27, right? This is the same assault we're seeing on full display with the LGBTQ female pastors, exact same problem. It may not be as in our face, but you let the camel's nose in the tent, and before long, the whole camel's there. There are vocational duties given to each each sex, each gender, according to one's maleness or femaleness. Conduct outlined by God's very Word, And it may not be popular in 2023, but it's still God's very word. To ignore it is to throw your lot in with the heretics and the pagans. The same people that our people have resisted and reasoned against all throughout our history. The same people who killed our forefathers for standing on the truth. It's no small matter. Lying never is. We think lying is this small little thing. We think all these little white lies are okay. Lying is loathsome. Distorting God's word to suit your own will is to misrepresent God and his revelation. It is loathsome. Jeremiah fourteen fourteen. And the Lord said to me, the prophets are prophesying lies in my name. I did not send them, nor did I command them or speak to them. They're prophesying to you a lying vision, worthless divination, and the deceit of their own minds. Every church that permits women into the pastorate or to preach and teach in in any public assembly, even filling in, yet says, like the Ferndale Community Church, that it stands on the Bible as the trustworthy and final authority, well, it's lying. It's speaking out of both sides of its mouth. It is double-minded and hypocritical. They're taking what they like from the Scriptures, and they're rationalizing away the parts they don't want, using magisterial reason instead of ministerial reason. Males and females are given different vocations, people. I don't know if you've noticed. We're permitted to do do different things. In 1 Timothy, Paul juxtaposes the male-only preaching office to what? To the office of motherhood that only women can fill. Despite what the CDC would have you believe, despite what any of our, our leftist politicians would have you believe, or any of the influencers in Hollywood or online. No. Women have a certain thing that they can only do, and men have a certain thing that they can only do. Does that mean all of them will always do it? No. But it means the two shall not be intermixed. Indeed, they can't. We fall for the devil's lies when we think that this is a sexist thing to say. No, this is called biblical. This is called Truth. Your Bible probably has an editorial heading right there between 1 Timothy 2.15 that points out that childbearing vocation reserved for women, right, that points that out, and chapter three. Both the editorial title and the chapter break are artificial, you know that, right? If we're not careful, those artificial interruptions in the flow of the text, they can leave us with a false impression that we've shifted topics and we've gone on to something else, but that's not the case. Not so. Chapter three is dealing with the same topic as chapter two. What does first Timothy chapter three say? Let's read it. The saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Oh, okay. So Paul is still talking about who can be a pastor pretty clear. Women are not permitted to teach or exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain silent. So now for the men who are permitted to be overseers, there are some qualifications. Being a man is the first qualification because of the order of creation, Adam and then Eve. But that's not the only qualifier, no. Not just any man can be a pastor. Look, I don't know if we know this in 2023, but God has standards. He has, he has qualifications. Verse 2, therefore an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. Deacons, likewise, must be dignified, not double-tongued, not addicted to much wine, not greedy for dishonest gain. They must hold the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience, and let them also be tested first. Then let them serve as deacons if they prove themselves blameless. Their wives, deacons have to be men too, likewise must be dignified, not slanderers, but sober-minded, faithful in all things. Let deacons each be the husband of one wife. There we go again, right? It's kind of everywhere you look. Managing their children and their own households well. Notice the assumption too, while we're on this topic, that if you're a husband, you're also a father. They kind of go together. For those who serve well as deacons, they gain a good standing for themselves and also great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. I hope to come to you soon, but now, and here, pay close attention to this, guys. Pay close attention to this part. I am writing these things to you so that if I delay, you may know how one ought to behave in the household of God, (laughs) which is the church of the living God, a pillar and buttress of the truth. Great indeed we confess, is the mystery of godliness. He was manifested in the flesh, vindicated by the Spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up in glory. Churches that claim to be Christian that claim, like so many non-denominational churches do, community churches, congregational churches, all, all the very contemporary casual churches, that they claim to be 100% Bible-based and only preach the biblical truth. It's Jesus and nothing but the text, right? It's, we, don't, we don't have any liturgical vestments and things like this because we're only about Jesus. But then they accept female pastors. Those churches are lying through their teeth. Now, as a parting thought, I want you to consider this, my friends, all the pride we see today in this world, quite clearly on display with all the, the LGBTQ this and that, but also the pride that's running through every corner of our society, our general lack of humility, willing our, our unwillingness to surrender our wills to God out of the good we would have for our neighbor, unwilling to serve others before ourselves, to lower ourselves, to make ourselves less important and even suffer, as Paul did, as so many Christians who came before us have. The insistence to force what we want onto other people as pastors can do when they are in a place of authority and they lead their flock down this road of deception. The pride of playing the victim. You hear this a lot when you engage with female pastors. They always want to talk about how they've been hurt by the church, the old ways that would keep women out of the ministry. When you hear of, all of this kind of stuff that is avoiding responsibility to the text. When people are too proud to, to uh, accept correction, you think of the arrogance that we have against authority, against pastors who are preaching properly and faithfully, and, and all other authorities too, like defunding the police and things like this, all this kind of stuff that's going through every corner of our culture consider all the ills that plague our society, I want you to ask yourself, is it not in some real and substantial way, not unrelated to the fact that we have by, by large, by and large, lost the office of submission that the Lord himself instituted for our example, the office he gave to women we, we no longer can see the honorable and memorable models of humility that used to be in every home and seen everywhere women dwelt. What examples do we have of, of good and right and holy submission? Examples to set before us to, to how to submit ourselves to others. Now that we've bought into the devil's lie that women can be pastors, in the corporate assembly of the saints and the heads over their husbands in the confines of their homes that, that everybody's equal in this footing. We've lost something major. The female pastor, that, that cell is pitched as part of the women's liberation movement. And indeed, it is part of that. And it has liberated them from their God-given, God-pleasing, Male teaching office of submissiveness. The leaders of how to submit. How is man, a male, supposed to learn how to submit to God if if we can see no example of how to do such a thing by the office that it was given to? It's been vacated. We've forgotten that the prohibition of women in the ministry, keeping them out of the ministry, it has another aspect too it serves neighbor namely that women have their own office an office they're called into which is just as edifying and instructive to neighbor that that teaches through a passivity not everything has to be active it's just as edifying and blessing uh, a blessing to us as the as the office of pastor 1st peter 2 13 3 to 7 Be subject to the Lord's sake for every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. When mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he didn't revile in return. When he suffered, he didn't threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were straying like sheep but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives passively When they see your respectful and pure conduct, do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God, used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, and you are her children if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may be not hindered. And now, dear saints, we're out of time. I pushed it all the way to the edge. Christ be with you as you remember from whom you have learned the truth, that is, from the prophets and apostles. Do not be unprepared. The world will hate you, dear saint, when you say that a woman cannot be a pastor. No problem, though. The Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and the teaching of demons, to the insincerity of liars, whose consciences, well, they're seared. You, however, are following Paul's teaching his conduct, his aim in life, his faith, his patience, his love, his steadfastness, his persecutions and sufferings. As Paul says, indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. Thanks for listening to Cross Defense. Christ be with you. Cross Defense is a production of KFUO Radio. Find past episodes and support Cross Defense at KFUO.org.